Welcome to the Smug Film Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Clark. With me today, live via Skype, is Chloe Peltier. Hey, what's up, handsome host? What up, handsome lady? All right, so the title of this episode, you know, it's not a prank. It's not an April Fool's. You didn't fall asleep until April. You know, you, you're, your world's probably collapsing right now because now you know that this is the last episode of the Smug Film Podcast. And it's so sad. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad for a lot of different reasons. We're going to go into those. But it's not all sad. There's, there's hope. There's uh, great stuff in the future for people to enjoy. But right now, and I'm, I, you know what? I, I was going to say something, but I feel like if I say the words right now, then people are going to go, oh, they're just going away for a while. No, this is, the podcast is over. This is it. It's done. Yep. 100 episodes done. Now, this wasn't, okay, so weeks ago, I remember I used an example. I was like talking about something and I was like, you know, the podcast could go on forever or it could go on to like 100 episodes. Like, I don't know. Now, <laughs> I want to, I want to states very specifically that that wasn't me like leaving a hint that wasn't anything like that that wasn't me like sort of like floating the idea across to the to the listeners that was nothing this it's was really good you're saying that <laughs> yeah this was not in my mind up until a couple of days after that episode of ending it i mean so yeah when i said that i used that as an example just out of my you know head of like you know something i wouldn't do essentially you know i was it was just an example it wasn't something that i was saying like oh i'm gonna do this this is uh this was kind of like a forced hand i guess would you call it a forced hand yeah yeah probably i mean i can't really think of a better course of action yeah i i kind of had to end it and the reason i had to end it you know we're gonna go right into this and I just want to preface not throwing anybody under the bus. If you if you've been listening to podcasts, you've noticed that John hasn't been on it as much, Jenna hasn't been on it as much, Brad hasn't been on it as much, Carl hasn't been on it as much, etc. And the reason for that is because a couple days, I guess maybe a week after Trump was elected, mm-hmm. I got a group chat from John, Jenna, and Brad, and they said we want our profiles taken down off the smug film website we're not going to record any more episodes we're not going to write any more pieces for the site you know they all got together and decided that and told me that and i complied completely and the reason why they reason that they gave was because they were apparently afraid that employers would you know google them look them up find me at some point during this Googling, connect them to me and not hire them because of things that I've said on the internet. I I say what's on my mind. I say a lot of different stuff. I talk about politics. I talk about movies. I talk about music. I talk about anything I fucking want on the internet. And if you like anything that I've ever had to say on the internet, you kind of take with a grain of salt the other stuff because it's all coming from the same place of just like spitballing ideas and you should never take any one of them too personally. My my whole saying about it to to co-opt another saying is, you know, if you don't like an opinion of mine on the internet, wait a minute. Which yeah. is I'm I'm co-opting the the uh 
the phrase about weather in New England. You know, if you don't like the weather, wait a minute. That's how I feel about how I started the Smug Film Podcast, how I do fucking anything is I provide a platform for people to have weird ideas, essentially. Um, I like that. I like disagreement, but in like a peaceful way, you know? What's hilarious about this is just that like what I've always liked and what a lot of people have said they've always liked about Smug Film is that everybody has different opinions. Absolutely. That's, that was the whole fucking point. And that's yeah. why it has to end is mm-hmm. because I've got three people that basically just straight up quit. And then I got, you know, I, I wrote to Carl. I was like, Carl, are you still on episodes? Never heard back from Carl. Oh my God. <laughs> so I assume he, <laughs> no, we're not calling anybody pussies here. We're not calling any, we're not using any of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That was Chloe's words, not mine. I like all these people as people. You know, I'm not going to hold them to some decision that they made as far as like, all right, well, now I'm writing them off entirely. No, these are people that I've known for years and years. I've known John D'Amico for many years. I've known Jenna since kindergarten. I've known Carl for many years, Brad for many years. These are people that I care about. These are people that will always be dear dear to me. Now, the way that this was phrased in the group chat, it was like very specific to this. It was very uh, business-like. It was very cordial. It was whatever. I complied immediately. I took their profiles down off the site, whatever. And, uh, you know, I was like, I basically complied 110%. I didn't argue with them. I didn't do anything. And, you know, it's it's not something, the Smug Film Podcast isn't something that can essentially recover from that. It's like, sure, I could find more people to record with, but I started it with John and Jenna, you know? Yeah. And it's not the same. If it's not going to be the same, it might as well be something else. And mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm saying going forward is the next incarnation, it's going to be just, you know, the Cody Clark show or the Cody Clark podcast or some, if I come up with a clever name other than that, great. But I, I also want to expand just from talking about movies. I love movies. Movies are great. It's awesome to have a niche podcast where you only talk about one topic. But if you follow me on Facebook, on Twitter or anything, I like talking about anything. I like ideas. I'm an ideas guy. I'm a weird idea dude. So I like the idea that I can have now guests from any fucking field, you know? I can have filmmaker guests. I can have politics people. I can have whatever the fuck I want. And if you don't like one of the politics episodes, you don't have to listen to it. You can listen to one of the movie episodes, etc. It's going to be like that. It's wonderful. I mean, it's something that I think, but like has been kind of begging to come out of you for a while anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I've i loved doing smug film stuff. I've loved doing the podcast. I've loved doing everything that I, you know, put my time and energy into doing. You know, these, these are all laborers of love. And I like the idea of this now evolving into a podcast where, you know, I don't have to talk about movies every week. You know, if I'm not feeling like talking about movies or if I'm only feeling like talking about like one specific thing that I saw that was like, oh, you should check this out. And then talking about science or whatever for the rest of it. You know, it, I like that format. And there are a lot of podcasts out there that are like that where you can talk about anything, such as the Adam Carolla podcast or Joe Rogan podcast or any number of podcasts that are very popular where it's not one specific niche topic. It's just a person's interests, you know, Joe Rogan has people on that he's interested in. 
Adam Carolla has people on that he's interested in. That's that's the route I'm going with this is that I just want to have on interesting people. And if you've liked the people that I've chosen so far, like John or Jenna or Brad or Carl or whoever else, your chances are you're going to really like the the other people I start having on because they're the the Johns and the Jennas and the Brads, et cetera, just of different fields. Yeah. So that's where it's going as far as going forward. Now, the reason that they gave about like they're, they're being afraid that an employer might find it or whatever, you know, it sounds far-fetched to me. It doesn't seem like anything that would actually happen specifically. It's not outside of the realm of possibility, but it feels like a stretch that, you know, they're going to be Googled. They're somehow like, I'm going to be found and they're going to connect me to them and they're going to pass judgment on them based on weird shit that I say on the internet. You know, that's, yeah. it's a bit of a stretch. I understand their fear. I understand how fucking crazy the world is right now. We're sure that could happen. Just recently, the fucking, uh, those million dollar extreme dudes who have that, who had had, I should say, that show in Adult Swim, I got taken off the air because of accusations that they're alt-right and they're like white supremacists and this, that, and the other. And these guys, they've never been that. They've just been like weird fucking dudes that say all sorts of crazy shit. Um, And they got taken off of Adult Swim. And it wasn't like there was anything like secret in the show that was like coded or anything. It was just like a silly fucking sketch show. And that got taken off the air based on those accusations that didn't actually have any real merit. So it's a crazy world. So I I don't blame their fear. But it seems to me, and I'm not, I'm not saying this definitively, but based on the fact that I have not heard from them since, clearly it's more than just that little excuse. Clearly it's just, yeah. Yeah. you know, my, my hypothesis is that people are feeling kind of powerless right now. People are feeling kind of weird because the reality that they thought was going to happen didn't happen. You know, they were convinced Hillary is going to win, etc. And right now they're feeling very scared because they they were sold a bill of goods. They were told, this is the next Hitler. We have to prevent it. That was mm-hmm. the fucking mind control that was being spat out. And sure, mind control on both sides. That's how elections work. That's how politics work, etc. But they were sold a very specific, very uh, scary bill of goods. And right now they're just dealing with that and... Fuck, if you feel powerless, you try and grab a little power back. And it seemed like a little bit of a, I feel powerless. Here, let me take control of something I can take control of in my life. Yeah. But I like these people, you know? Me I'm not, too, I'm not, actually. They're, they're great people. I don't want to throw them under the bus, and I'm not, and I won't. I love um, them. They have great voices and great ideas and and everything that's why it was so shocking for me i was well i i lost three friends probably four probably five probably whatever you know the other people associated with the site that i've reached out to since have been like hey you know these guys dropped out are you still part of it and they haven't you know written anything back to me and the fact that i haven't had a single conversation whatsoever with john jenner or brad since then it's like i lost friends dude and people are losing friends left and right nowadays. And it's yeah. really fucked up, dude. It's like Red Scare shit. Like, well, in it's, a way, it's got know? so much fucking ramifications. It's like, if you really think through like what it takes to like lose a friend, it should take a lot, dude. 
<laughs> yeah, it should, especially when you've been friends with them that long. I mean, yeah. I get like acquaintances on Facebook that you've met one time or something. Yeah. But like, because it's like if those people are going to be dicks to you on the Internet, then you may as well just get rid of them because it's like it doesn't make a big difference to you. But then people you've known since kindergarten or people that you've like done an actual show with, it's it's just it goes deeper. It's like. They should be able to look past all that stuff and well, like, I would, see you. you know? I would defend any of their opinions or rather you know, the right to say them to the grave. You know, that's yeah. that's me. That's just me as a person. And clearly it's not the same way for them. You know, I would have appreciated if they're like, you know, Cody's just being Cody, you know. Yeah. I don't agree with him on everything. And you don't have to agree with everybody on everything in order to be friends with them, hang out with them, do projects with them, whatever. You know, it's it's the fact that you don't agree, but like each other, that makes something good. You know, yeah, again, it's what made Smug Film good. Yeah, people argued like fuck about all these movies, and everybody had like such differing opinions to the point where it was almost like people were like tropes of themselves. They were like, you know, it's like you could kind of predict what how people would react to a certain film, and it was kind of cool. It was like. It was like we were like caricatures in a cool way. Yeah, it's like a, um, well, I, I always loved the classic like critic thing where like if you watch a movie, you know, like, oh, that's probably a movie Armand White's going to like or oh, that's probably yeah. Ebert's probably going to hate that one. I like when you have people in your head in that way where you start to, there are filters you can view movies under um, where you could view it with the arm and white filter and be like, all right, I could see what he would like in this, or I could see what Pauline Kale would like in this, or maybe not. Let me read her review of it. I, I like that. I like, I think that's the greatest thing about critics. You know, if I think you, if you're going to defend I'm... critics, that's the most defensible aspect of critics is the fact that they allow you to see things in different ways that you wouldn't normally. Yeah, I think when critics are unabashedly themselves, it just like makes you it, it it sounds counterintuitive, but it makes you open up your mind because like you said, you see it through so many different perspectives if you read all the different critics. So it's like you're able to become a bunch of people vicariously through them instead of just seeing your own perspective, which probably isn't quite as uh, nailed down to a specific view because right. you're like you know well i hate i hate knee-jerk reactions to things i hate when people like oops i just dropped a penny <laughs> <laughs> did a it pe land heads or tails <laughs> i didn't look i just picked it up and, and put it away okay yeah <laughs> it <laughs> fell off a thing and then i stopped it as it was making noise all right so penny aside <laughs> i hate when people have knee-jerk reactions to opinions as though they have to like vehemently, passionately disagree with something or else it's like implied that they're okay with it. You know, yeah. it's like, I don't have to, there's so many things in life that I disagree with. I don't have to every second of my day think about them. And it's the whole thing of like the, the stuff that you put your time and energy into. That's, you know, that's the shit that you know, ends up stressing you out and this, that, and the other. And you can pick what you your fucking battles are in life. You know, I I am morally opposed to the KKK. You don't see me posting, hey, the KKK sucks all day long because I understand, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it like it should just be implied that I don't like them and I don't have to 
do that for over like what a couple thousand dudes you know yeah it's weird it's like it's giving them more attention yeah exactly you You, well that's the i mean we've talked about this on the podcast before but like whether you like something or dislike something you're putting time and energy into something and you got to pick specifically what you want to put your time and energy into uh as far as life um, so I don't get offended when like somebody disagrees about a movie. I'm more often than not just interested in, all right, well, what is their take? Because it's like a superpower to be able to see a movie in two different ways, you know, or yeah, 10 different yeah. ways or whatever. And, you know, I, I love the fact that there are like people that, you know, write about how like the Star Wars prequels are actually fucking brilliant, like Harry Brewis or whoever else. I love that, you know, everybody has these different takes where they're like, all right, well, let's look at this a different way. You know, let's push aside the Jar Jar stuff and let's start thinking about this in a different way. And maybe there's something going on here. I like when people excavate and sort of reimagine things. And fascinating. And that's always where I'm coming from when I talk about politically related things online, whether it be Twitter or Facebook, is I'm giving you another way to think about something. And you don't have to agree and you not agreeing doesn't mean that we're enemies and you not agreeing doesn't mean we, we're not friends or anything. All it is is like you can just toss it in the garbage in your mind or you can think about something in a new light. You know, I've posited reasons why Trump would win that have proven to be absolutely accurate. And if people have <laughs> fucking li- had fucking listened to me, you know, they wouldn't have been so fucking surprised. They would have been able to prepare themselves more. Yeah, I was calling this reality. (laughs) You know, for those of you who don't know, I was calling this shit like a fucking year before the election. And if you'd listened to me instead of saying, oh, Cody's stupid, then you would have been very well prepared. And a lot of people did listen to me. A lot of people gave me props after what went down went went down. But that among a bunch of other shit, like I, I say stupid shit. That's just an interesting thing, you know? Like I'll 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 say whatever if I think it's interesting, if I think it provokes thought. And I don't mean like provokes people and like uh pokes people and like trolls people way. You know, I genuinely think the things that I say on the internet, I just don't think them as not tongue in cheek as I guess some people, you know, if they have buttons that can be pushed, might think like, Oh, you know, he's he's real crazy or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's like you're being honest and you don't have any end game. You don't have any like plot to fucking like make people feel weird. You're just you're just being honest in the moment. And like that's something to be valued. That's something that is rare these days and people should embrace and like be grateful for. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I've always loved you. I mean, it's... (laughs) It's great, you know? Well, and when it comes to what you get from the news, what you get from your your, your run-of-the-mill Facebook friends, Twitter follow, like, fucking people, whatever, you know, you get the same opinion over and over and over again. That's That's what you get. And if I can leave you with 20 new opinions at the end of the day, you know, all just coming from me spitballing. That's beautiful. Like, I like that. I like the the more ways you can see something, the better. It's like the elephant thing where like the blind people like all touch a different part of the elephant and they think they know what the entire elephant feels like. Like one yeah. person touches the 
the fucking tusk and thinks it's one thing. One person touches the tail, thinks it's all that, etc. If I can leave you with like a hundred different ways to touch and feel and understand an elephant, I've done my fucking job. And that's that's what any great thinker does. It's like if you really break it down, you probably don't agree with like somebody like George Carlin on everything, but we all love George Carlin. Yeah, because he's able to like describe things in a way that makes you feel them. Mm-hmm. And um whether you agree with him on like the environment or whatever, it's like he's he makes you feel the way he feels by describing. And I think we're at a point right now where people are kind of afraid of that because like people are afraid of the power of words now, Yeah, you know, because it's like they think, well, what if they make someone think something that's problematic, you know, and and that and that then they act on that or whatever. It's kind of like how for a while people were really afraid of video games, like parents were afraid of video games because they thought that like their kids would go out and do violent things and whatever. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's like this fad of like some kind of, there's always some kind of like part of expression that people get scared of when really they should embrace it. They don't have to agree with it to embrace it. Like they don't understand that you can embrace like expression and not have to act on it or become it, you know, Mm -hmm. you can, because it just expands you. And I think I think there's like a knee-jerk reaction in all of us to be afraid of growing in a little a little bit, like afraid of just saying we're wrong about something or or even just like listening to something that isn't what we thought and um because like I think people think that to be grown up is to know what you're doing. Right, yeah. And it's like... That's the classic idea of like what an adult is. It's like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I got things set up. And you realize nobody knows what they're fucking doing. Yeah, nobody knows. What was that stand-up? it's good to not know. Oh, I think it was Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, right? Yeah, yeah. He's talking about like how he has this realization that he's grown up when he's in like the checkout line of the grocery store. And he's like, how did I get here? And he's like, always thought it would be so... uh, it would be so like different. And, and he then, thought he would know shit. Yeah. And he's like walking through the store and he's looking at everybody. He's like, none of us know anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's a, I think that's a beautiful thing is that we all kind of don't know it all. And by sharing our opinions and even if they're like crazy, like it just provides you a different way of looking at something. Yeah. I think that part of why people are so scared of people with different opinions as adults and in like the career world, like, like with what happened and in like Twitter and all this stuff, you know, it's like, I think it's because there's this assumption that whoever is saying those things knows, like has everything nailed down about everything they think completely. And like that they're going to act on that in their career choices and in like their, their, um, what, how they treat employees and like whatever else. And like, so they think that like, it's like they're giving people too much credit because they like see a person say one thing and then they're like, they're like that person is the embodiment of that. I know. And you know what? I saw it happen to fucking our boy Greg DeLiso when he would talk about movies and shit. And, you know, that, that was kind of like the harbinger. That was kind of like the fucking canary in the coal mine because I should have realized that that would 
you know, eventually carry over into politics, but I guess it wasn't necessarily on my mind. But the point being, like, if people can be that fucking adamant about, like, movies and shit, like, of course people are going to be crazy when it comes to politics, etc. Yeah. as things accelerate, as we get closer to an election cycle. But the point being that, like, I don't personally take more stock in political ideas than I do movie ideas, art ideas, etc. You know, it's all just ideas. So when people take politics like crazy fucking seriously and people like are totally open to hearing weird movie viewpoints, it's a little bit hypocritical because it's all just ideas. We're all just spitballing here. Nobody knows exactly what the best possible version of government would be. But a lot of us have, you know, weird ideas, hypotheses, valid ideas. You know, there's certain things we all agree on. And it's fun to play around with the rest, you know? It's it's great to have just a fucking weird idea and express it. It's it's freeing. It's like it feels good. It's the best. I love I love just like something weird popping in my head and just typing it out and seeing It feels so good every time. Yeah. I mean, that's what I love about Facebook is that anytime I have some weird idea, I can jot it down and let people see it and see what they say about it and whatever. And like, um, well, it, it's great to like float things and then see based on people's reactions, not specifically what they say, but how they react to something. Like if you're on to something or not, because I remember I did something on Facebook like a, a while back. Um, this must have been like a month ago where I I was just, you know, taking a shower and I thought of like a weird thought experiment, which is, would you rather live in a neighborhood that was populated entirely by racists, sexists, etc. except there were there was no violence whatsoever. So a neighborhood with no violence whatsoever, but you disagreed with everybody as far as what they thought fundamentally completely, etc. but there was no violence. Or a neighborhood where you agreed with everybody. You were all on the exact same page intellectually. You all no racists, no sexists, etc. but it was a violent neighborhood. And the the reason for the thought experiment was what's more important, you know, agreeing with everybody or basic safety and basic, et cetera. It was just a thought experiment. I just wanted to see what people said. And based on the reaction, I was like, all right, well, I was definitely onto something there because people started coming at me like, well, that's a false dilemma. So I'm not going to answer that because it's a false dilemma. And I'm like, even talk about it. it no, I don't think anybody actually answered that. They were all just yelling yeah. at me about it. that's a false dilemma. And it's like, okay, but if you want to play the false dilemma game, like every fucking thought experiment is a false dilemma because it's not about it being real. It's about it being what's more important in a given situation. It's like if you ask somebody like, would you rather like saw off your arm or like, you know, saw off your leg? It's yeah, that's a false dilemma too, but it's like, all right, it forces you to think about like, would you rather have two arms or two legs? It's just an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, yeah, they're taking it. See, that's what I mean is like- They use it as like a get out of thinking free card, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> they're, seeing, they're seeing what you said and they're seeing the context of it in right now. And they're seeing, okay, we know that Cody has been, like you and I, like basically after, before Trump was elected and after Trump was elected, for a while, we were defending Trump and then like and saying that he wasn't racist when everyone was saying he was racist, sexist, whatever. But then 
it got where we were defending ourselves because we voted for him. People were starting to say that we were racist and sexist. Right. And we're like, no, not even kind of. Not even in the slightest. (laughs) Like, no. And just the fact that we had to defend ourselves about that, it was just ridiculous. But I think that was that was right around that time. So people were thinking, oh, well, he's defending racism and sexism now. And like, it's like, no, no, like you were just curious. And yeah, I was curious what mattered more to people. And I was curious what would happen if people were forced to think about it in that construct of, all right, I'm in a neighborhood where I agree with everybody, but it's a violent neighborhood. Or I'm in a great in a neighborhood where I agree with nobody, but there's no violence. Like I wanted, I I was just like curious about it. I still think it's an interesting thought experiment. And people thought that you had a strategy. Yeah, I wasn't trying to trick them into anything. (laughs) Yeah, is they think they see you say anything regarding that, and they think, okay, this is his way to get me to say that he's right. Right. And it's like it's like, and I think that they think that way about everybody. It's like. It's like uh, they connect like you say one thing and then it's like it's like, okay, this is they think of you like you're a politician and you're trying you have like a strategy of, okay, my PR people and shit told me to say this specific thing because it would win the votes of these guys over here or it would like do this or that or the media would see it over here. And it's like they think you're thinking like a million steps ahead as though you're a famous person, but you're just a guy and you're just thinking like off the top of your head in the shower. Well, I don't have a fucking agenda. Exactly. Like, it's like, why would we like, what would that achieve? Like if like, you know, it's, it's like, it's like say that you and I were like actually racist and sexist, which isn't the case at all. Again, like (laughs) just let me reiterate that again (laughs) in case people are we are not. Take this out of context and construe it as such. Yeah. Uh, like, imagine that we were, like, even if we were, like, what the fuck would it achieve? Like, if we were, like, talking about it on Facebook and stuff, like, it's not like we would convince anyone to be that. Of course at all. not. No. Like, or change the world in any way. Like, the only way that we can really change things is through our art. And obviously, you and I would change it in ways that are like the opposite of that anyway. Like, but I don't know. It, it's just when it comes to just talking on Facebook and Twitter and whatever, like the aim is never really, unless you're a politician, the aim isn't really to sway anyone. It's just to spitball, like you said. So it's like, it's just funny. It's funny that we're in a time now where people get fired for that when that's not their intention well isn't it ironic that like every single job no matter what the fucking job is things get better by people spitballing ideas like that's a a genuine like that's like generally accepted as how businesses get better because if everybody is able to spitball ideas and talk about whatever the fuck they want then you don't find out like three or four weeks later that like the copier hasn't been working or this that and the other if people are afraid to say shit then shit gets fucking stagnant and goes under. And then you find out like later is like, oh, actually the, you know, the email blasts weren't going out properly. And it's like, well, why didn't I hear about this? And I was like, yeah, well, I told so-and-so, but like this, you know, it's people that don't want to bring shit up because 
either they don't care enough because they don't feel heard in the workplace or wherever else, or they don't bring shit up because they know that like, oh, so-and-so is always a dick whenever I bring this up, so I'm not even going to bring it up, etc. Every fucking business, every fucking uh, endeavor you could ever take, if people can say whatever the fuck they want, it gets better. Even if you fucking disagree with it, even if the idea goes nowhere, the mere ability to say certain shit whenever the fuck you want, that makes something way better. And that's what we had here at Smug Film is like, I thought that the idea was we can all say whatever the fuck we want. And that's how it was so fucking good is that we didn't have to curb ourselves. We all knew that we loved each other. We all knew that we really dug each other. And, you know, so once that was broken, it was like, all right, well, that's over. You know, I'm going to start something new. And I I haven't really ironed out exactly what it is, but if you want to stay abreast, just, you know, still follow me on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and you'll find out what it is when it happens. To those of you who who, uh, donate on uh, Patreon, I'll reach out to you guys individually. We'll figure out what's going on. You won't be paying me money while uh, there's nothing on the air. But, you know, if you want to be a part of whatever the next thing is, we'll we'll figure that out. But yeah, it's like I'm I'm doing a bunch of stuff going forward. It's like in the, in the last two years, if you don't even know, I've fucking written like nine books and published it's nine books. It's so, beautiful. Yeah, so like my interests aren't just film. My interests are also writing books and this, that, and the other. And I'm going to keep doing all sorts of crazy shit and talking about all sorts of crazy shit. And if you want to come with me on that ride, it's going to be really fucking fun. <laughs> I'll come with you on that ride. Well, of course you, but I'm I'm speaking to the people at home. Sorry, the people the people at home. (laughs) If you want to come with me on this ride, then please do because I got the best ride in town. You know, still don't fucking boycott Jenna or John or Brad or whatever, and in turn don't boycott me or this that and the other. It's not sides. These are people I care about. Yes, they haven't talked to me since. Am I fucking icing them? No. Are they icing me? I guess. But I don't give a shit because I'm just going to move forward. Not throwing anybody under the bus. It's all good. You know, it's not all good and that the thing is ending, but things end and new things come and whatever. It's all it's all good in that regard, you know. But I thank everybody who's listened to, uh, I'm sure some of you have listened to all 100 episodes and you know, those of you who have listened to a lot of them and dig what we did, that's it means so much to me. I've I've heard from incredible people while recording this podcast. I heard from one guy who quit drinking because of the podcast. You oh know, my god, that's amazing! Listening to uh, yeah, listening to us talk about movies, he realized, you know what? I don't enjoy movies as much when I'm drunk all the time. Oh, and he beautiful. yeah, he stopped drinking because of the fucking podcast. That makes me so happy. Yeah, it was it was fucking incredible, and it was like you know I didn't start the podcast because I because I thought one day somebody's gonna stop drinking because they're gonna hear our enthusiasm for movies, you know this that and the other, but that was a natural beautiful side effect, and that was amazing. And I've met so many goddamn amazing people, listeners, and talked to listeners of the show over the course of doing a hundred episodes. It's been incredible. It's been amazing. I wouldn't change anything for the world. It was it was a fucking amazing ride. And I just can't wait for the other rides in the future because if you're with me on this ride of following what I do, you're going to have a fucking blast because I got shit in the pipeline that's going to blow your dick off. It's going to be so great. Um, 
We're going to go to a quick break and then we're going to do like, I guess the final movie discussion because we both saw a movie that we really dug. So we're yeah. going to, we're going to talk about that for the second half. So stick around, be right back. See you soon. And now smug film presents robot reenactments. All right. Pussy, pussy, pussy. Come on in pussy lovers. Here at the titty twister, we're slashing pussy in half. Give us an offer on our vast selection of pussy. This is a pussy blowout. All right, we got white pussy, black pussy, Spanish pussy, yellow pussy. We got hot pussy, cold pussy. We got wet pussy. We got smelly pussy. We got hairy pussy, bloody pussy. We got snapping pussy. We got silk pussy, velvet pussy, nugahide pussy. We even got horse pussy, dog pussy, chicken pussy. Come on. You want pussy? Come on in, pussy lovers. If we don't got it, you don't want it. Come on in, pussy lovers. Attention pussy shoppers. Take advantage of our penny pussy sale. If you buy one piece of pussy at the regular price, you get another piece of pussy of equal or lesser value for only a penny. Try and beat pussy for a penny. If you can find cheaper pussy anywhere else, fuck it. This has been a robot reenactment. Hello, I am the Hunky Smug Film Sponsor Plug Man. I'm here to tell you about the fine people who support the Smug Film Podcast through Patreon. You all should check out Bobby Slow on Twitter, he's a very funny and good man who tweets funny and good things and is worthy of your love. And he has a really good Twitter ratio of followers to following. That's impressive. Once again, that's Bobby Slow on Twitter. You should also check out Minor Key Games. Go on over to MinorKeyGames.com and check out these awesome computer games made by David and Kyle Pittman. Two brothers that make great video games with an old school feel. Cody hates new video games for the most part, but he enjoys the heck out of these. Once again, that's MinorKeyGames.com. Also, be sure to check out Room Full of Spoons, Rick Harper's documentary about the cult classic film The Room. It's a great documentary that we all love here at Smug Film, and go to roomfullofspoons.com to find out when it's coming to your city. Thank you for listening to my hunky voice, and thank you all who have donated to the show. And if you would like to be plugged on the show, please head on over to patreon.com smugfilm and donate. And now, back to the episode. And we are back. All right. We're going to talk about a movie that we both saw that we both really, really dug. People don't seem to be liking it, but it's kind of, I guess, finding its audience slowly. Um, and that is Yoga Hosers. Yeah. That's a good ass movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was kind of, I mean, I wasn't surprised because you said it was good. And usually in my case, when I don't know about other people's case, but in my case, when you say it's good, I usually wind up liking it like after I watch it, even if I don't think I'm going to like it before. Um, but like, yeah, it was, it's, it's great. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a really fucking unique. delight. It's yeah, a delightful it film. And, uh, it got kind of trashed and I guess Kevin Smith was kind of hurt by the reaction because, Aww. you know, his whole thing, like he, he was like, I made this for tween girls and it's just a weird fucking movie for them. And if other people like it, great. Uh, I'm not a tween girl and I'm not a stoner. And uh, I fucking, I like the movie. Yeah. I, I mean, it has like, 
it has like all the charm of like Josie and the Pussycats, like the movie, and which I loved when I was a kid. Plus, uh, plus Clerks, plus um, like a little bit of American movie in there with like the accents and all this. It's like it's like all that like hopped up, and and just the just the style's really cohesive, and like it doesn't ever sway from that style. It doesn't. It's not ashamed of itself at all, you yeah. know. And I feel like if um if it came out in the '90s, it would be like so well received because they were like they really embraced that vibe. But the funny thing about that is, it's very much about right now. Yeah. But its vibe is very back then. Well, so I think it's, it's it might like, be one of those movies where people revisit it in ten or twenty years when they're like nostalgic for now. And they'll be like, oh, it's so fucking cool. That movie is so great. Why didn't I realize that? And I was like, yeah, because you didn't fucking realize what mattered back then. But um, yeah, I fucking love it. And I feel like it's going to be, it's like one of those movies where you can tell it's going to be somebody's favorite goddamn movie. You know, it's, it's going to be some girl's favorite fucking movie in the world. Yeah. You know, I like it a great deal. I'll probably watch it a couple more times during my lifetime. Uh, I, I want to watch it again. Like I'm been fucking dying to watch it again just in general but it's going to be somebody's favorite fucking film and i love that it really has that quality it's so idiosyncratic that it's going to be somebody's favorite fucking movie totally and uh johnny depp in it you know for those of you don't know about the movie it's this fucking crazy stoner horror comedy about two canadian girls who work in the convenience store uh who end up fighting these little nazis that are like called Bratsies because they're Nazis made out of bratwurst. <laughs> which is which is very fucking Charles Band, which is very fucking like uh, Puppet Master, all that shit. And uh, also in it is Johnny Depp, who his daughter is one of the girls, and Kevin Smith's daughter is the other girl, and they're both fucking tremendous. They're, they're delightful and a joy and great. But Johnny Depp in particular is so fucking good in this. Yeah, it's like the best prosthetic character i've seen him ever do yeah like i'm not i'm not fucking with you like that's that's it's the best one no he's fantastic he's uh he's hilarious and like not just hilarious and like this is funny what he's doing way but like hilarious and like uh like i didn't realize he had that good a sense of humor yeah which it kind of like retroactively makes sense because like i knew for a while, him and Doug Stanhope are really good friends. And Doug Stanhope's funny as shit. And Doug Stanhope probably wouldn't be close friends with somebody who wasn't funny as shit as well or didn't have a good sense of humor. Yeah, and it comes fly. across in here. It's like Johnny Depp has a really good sense of humor. There are like different like glances and looks that he does in this movie that just... I, I <laughs> If I think about them, I'm just smiling and laughing. Um, it's so fucking great. Yeah, totally. Well, it's like in his other movies, like I've I, I've always said that I like him best when he just plays a normal guy. Like when he's in Gilbert Grape, he's he's fantastic. And um, but it's like he, he when he does these like characters where he hides behind the makeup and everything, he just does the same guy just in makeup like he does the same facial expressions and the same weird voices and stuff and like the makeup is like all there is really and it's it it's just you you just kind of see it and you groan because you're like again come on man 
And like for girls who really like him, who like see him as a sex symbol, I think it's like they're like, yay, he's back. But for people who don't see him that way, but like know he's seen that way, it's just kind of annoying. So it's like, I feel like with this guy, since it was such an ugly character, but like kind of very probable, like like the character feels like he could exist in a way. Yeah, Even it's cartoonish, like cartoonish, but like there's so, it, it's like such an idiosyncratic character that it actually feels real. Yeah, like there's all these little tones, like layers where it's like he's got a little bit of like, um, because he's, since you guys, you guys aren't even picturing him. So let me describe him a little bit. He's like, he's like a, he's a writer and he's doing research. He's like trying to figure out, it's like, you know, in a lot of movies, there's the guy who's doing research and he's like talking to everybody and he's kind of mysterious well, he's that guy, but instead of being like sexy and cool, he's like kind of you can tell he's a little off. You he can has tell like, yeah, he like, has like a bulbous nose and he just looks like, you know, he's all fucked up by life. Yeah, he's got like a sweater with like the tag on the outside because like you can tell that he like put it on wrong and like he's got like he's he's got like big moles all over his face and like his hair is kind of messed up and he and he, his voice, though, in particular, it's like it's got a hint of like you can tell he's inquisitive and he's smart, but he's kind of like a little it's it's almost like he has a little bit of Asperger's or something. Yeah. And it's it's really well done. It's like it's very much like when you meet kind of a smart person in real life who is legit smart, but kind of socially awkward, like they're very much like this guy. So he just kind of really nailed it. And it's like, it makes you wonder, like, the kinds of things that he's observed, the kinds of people he's known, you know? Yeah, it feels very fueled by uh, people he might have known. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm Mr. Dark Shadows, so I loved him in Dark Shadows and thought he was really funny in that. And so between Dark Shadows and this, I'm like, Johnny Depp's a fucking underused genius. Yeah, it's like they're using him in the wrong way. Yeah, often. Yeah, and I think it's kind of ironic that they used him in this movie for like tween girls in this way rather than in the way that like tween girls like him for. You know? Right. They like because, him in like a heartthrob way. Yeah, they like him in that way, but it's like it's like they used him in a way where he's very like it makes you think that he would be a good grandpa someday. Like yeah. it's it's yeah. like the way that he jokes and the way that he moves his body and like everything you stop you don't think about him sexually at all it's like at first when i first saw him come into the frame like the first scene i didn't even know it was him mm. and like it's just like the, he just transforms like once you can't tell it once you once his face doesn't look the way it normally does it's like he transforms into this very like endearing person and yeah, I, I just think that like someday he's going to have grandkids and he's going to be amazing with them. Mm -hmm. He's going to like be hilarious with them and he's going to like play with them and it's going to be great. Yeah. You know. Well, if you want to give it a shot, it's on Netflix now and uh, not everybody's going to like it. I'm just telling you right now, you know, it's not like uh, Hercules or Dark Shadows where I think everybody in the right state of mind could like it. Some people are just never going to like this movie, but I really dug it. You really dug it. It's worth giving a shot. It's worth going into with an open mind. Yes, it's been getting trashed, but 
it's it's polarizing you know you you love it or you hate it it's not like i'm saying oh it sucks but there's some really great stuff in it or whatever it's like no i love the whole goddamn movie i think it's all good and you might dig it you might not it's worth a fucking shot we fucking loved it goddamn i can't wait to watch it again yeah me too uh, it's like I think that like it makes sense that he said it was made for tween girls and maybe that's why I'm feeling like it would work better like people it would be well received in the 90s is because I was like a kid in the 90s like so maybe it's like I had a more open mind so I would have received it better and it's just my it's my bias perspective yeah it could be you never know where it's like it's like tweens now would probably have a more open mind and receive it I don't know though they who it's, knows? I don't know. I don't really know any tweens, to be honest. Me either. Yeah. Well, it's been real. It's been fun doing all these 100 episodes, like I said. And uh, let us know what you think about Yoga Hosers on Twitter or whatever. And also just, you know, let me know if you're going to be coming along with me on this fucking crazy, crazy ride of whatever I do next, which will probably, you know, it's probably just going to be a podcast where we talk about every goddamn thing. It's going to be so good. Um, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be, you know, however good this was, it's going to be better, I feel like. Can you talk about the thing with, like, you and Greg and how, like, you guys came up with Smug Film and then how, like, how, like, similar this next idea is? Well, that's that's a good point. Um, the, The way that Smug Film even started was that me and Greg would write about movies on Facebook and it would get a lot of fucking comments, a lot of fucking likes, a lot of fucking arguments, whatever. And it was like, well, shit. It's like, we're both having this fucking phenomenon happen. Uh, we might as well just start a blog, you know? And that's, uh, that's what we started. It was me, Greg, and Alex Hyatt. We started a blog and we would just write about movies every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that's how it started. It was just this very diligent thing of Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're writing about movies. And that naturally grew into the podcast. And the same thing is essentially taking place again, where when I write about whether it be politics, movies, whatever, under the sun, you know, it it causes arguments in the comments. It causes, you know, a lot of likes, a lot of angry faces, a lot of this, that, and the other. And it's like the natural flow is like, I'll maybe I'll start a blog as well as a, a podcast, etc. Whatever it is, the I the general overarching idea is that it's going to be me talking about everything now instead of just movies, um, which you know it could have been from the start, but I think I probably learned a lot just by focusing on one specific niche. You know, it's like the samurai thing of like no one way, and you can see that way in all ways. You know, if you, totally. if, you if you do yeah. one thing well and you remember, you know, what it is to do that well, then you can take on anything. So maybe this was my sort of like samurai focusing only on like, you know, sword work for like a couple of years. And then now I'm going to venture off into other combat or whoever else. But yeah, please just join me on the ride because I know you won't regret it. I think uh, the stuff that I have in the pipeline not just the the new podcast or whatever, but a movie that I'm working on right now, and spe- like specifically, it's gonna be fucking insane. I mean, you know, you know the movie I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, I'm my next film is an all out comedy. It's a crazy goddamn movie that I think a lot of people are really gonna dig. It's like a, thin, a synthesis of like a lot of different stuff that I do, 
and it's like the craziest goddamn movie. It's never been done before. All out comedy, very farcical. Uh, I think people are going to really dig it. Is a farcical like a popsicle, but like not? It's a popsicle with farcy on it, you know, the language, the, the uh, writing. It sounds expensive. Yeah. Well, you know, well, hopefully we can kickstart a, uh, a farcical. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Chloe. Can I just say, like, you can say anything you want. Episode, yeah. That Smug Film has meant so much to me. Like, you know this, but I don't know if, like, the people know this. Like, it's been, it helped me out of, like, a really rough time in my life. And, um, God, I'm, like, trying not to cry saying it. <laughs> like, because when I think about it, it's just, like, I mean, after after college and everything, like, when I, I just, like, kind of fell into a slump and I couldn't, um, I couldn't, like, really do anything. And, and when you asked me to write for the site and I, like, started writing again and, like, and um, when I got on the podcast and everything, I found my voice again. And, like, you helped me do that. And, like, yeah, like, I got... Like, you fired me at one point. It made total sense because, like, I wasn't, like, keeping up with it or anything. And at first I didn't understand and I was just a total cunt about it. But, like, now I get it and, like, I just... It's like when I look back on everything and everything I learned about movies and how, like, you know, movies can really expand your reality, like, and other people's opinions can really expand your reality, like I said. And, like, I was living in this tiny little reality for so long and you and, like, John and Jenna and, like, and all the others, Greg and Alex and everybody, like, helped me come out into the world. And, like... I just, I can't thank you enough for that. I can't thank them enough for that. I don't know. I don't know if John and Jenna and all them are listening to this. Like they might be too mad or whatever, but I hope that they're, I hope that they like can see past everything and like realize how much they've touched me and how much they've touched you. And that this was just a really, really special thing that happened. And I'm really glad that it like, rounded off at just like this perfect I think it's like a blessing in disguise that rounded off in these perfect 100 episodes because like something that you can look back on and if you ever want to learn a lot about film it'll always be there and you can always and you can always see these like beautiful interactions between people where they were really building their voices like if you go from the first episode to the last one you really really see these people grow and like it's it's just a really beautiful thing and I'm just like so happy that I got to be a part of it and I'm so happy that it exists like at all you know it yeah. just it's amazing so well said you. beautifully said darling I love thank you so you. much I love you so much too and I love all you listening and uh, thank you all for listening see you soon bye bye